Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 297 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet today. I am your host, Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD. And tonight we have the 32nd installment of The Weekender, which is our favorite time of the year. Every two weeks. <laughs> Shouldn't that be like the favorite time of the week or something? I'm going with favorite time of the year every All two right. weeks. Yeah, that sounds more legitimate for uh, borderline alcoholics. <laughs> so this no, is really we-, we only drink every other week. I swear. Yeah, uh, really. that's uh, uh-huh. the way it is. Yeah. Every every other week, starting every day. Yes. Well, no, yes. just starting in every day that ends in Y. So. Well, that's yeah, right. there's that right. But anyway, when we do the Weekender, we talk about upcoming amateur radio contests and special events. We talk about upcoming open source events that are happening, maybe near you, maybe not near you, but hopefully of interest somewhere. We uh, throw out a couple of announcements, some challenges for our listeners, if anybody wants to take them on. And then we dive into pure hedonism, where we get into food and liquor and music and all kinds of things that make life enjoyable but before we get to the enjoyable stuff let's talk about contests and amateur radio and bill can uh, line out a couple of these for us absolutely and it's, you know, we only talk about amateur radio and open source because we have to we feel obligated to so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe because we started a yes. podcast that talks about these things yeah, some some yeah. years ago and <laughs> have put out almost 300 episodes dealing with said topic Yes, yeah. and plus I think like the drunken podcast has already been taken, so uh, here I we think, are. I feel like we're officially in a rut. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, this uh, contest is weekend. Uh, we have the North American CUSO party, and it's uh, from August 17th, 1800 Zulu to August 18th, uh, 0559 Zulu. And frequencies will be 160 through 10, no work, of course. And the mode this weekend is... Single sideband. That's right. You have a microphone. You can plug it in. You can use it. You do not have to do Morse code or RIDI or Warbles or anything else like that. So uh, this is, uh, of course, the NAQP is broken up into three weekends of activity, one for each of the fun modes, uh, single sideband, CW, and RIDI. And it's sponsored by the National Contest Journal. And, uh, yeah, the single sideband one is a, is a very popular one. You can do teams of uh, five hams. So you can make a little team competition. Uh, do that, have fun, and uh, it's a short contest, so you don't have to sit in the chair all weekend. It, I believe it's uh, 12 hours or so. Um, so check out the rules on that, what's linked in the show notes. Also this weekend is the ARRL's 10 gigahertz and up contest. Uh, it's from August 17th, 0600 uh, local 
to August 18th, 2400 local. And frequencies are 10 gigahertz to light. Uh, modes are all, so any mode that you can use to make a contact, do it. Uh, see, let's see. The notes are stations are encouraged to operate from more than a single location. For purposes of the contest, a change of location is defined as a straight line distance move of at least 16 kilometers or 10 miles. Uh, the station may be reworked on each band for an additional credit by either the end of the contact moving to a new, new location. Oh, geez, that's horrible. That was a cut and paste, too. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, you might have to yeah, cut the, and paste uh, your machine because you're starting to robot. <laughs> oh, no. Seriously? <laughs> yes, yeah. seriously. Ah, I did, I did jinx it. Holy cow. <laughs> it's okay uh, right now, but we're going we're gonna to stand by and make sure. We're going to let Cheryl read a couple. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Cheryl. You can finish Next this weekend. one off if you want to. Uh, if, know, if you have anything the, else to say, we'll let her nope, do a couple, and then we'll see how it goes. Yeah, the links are, of course, in the show notes to the rules. All right, very good. So next weekend, we have some contests coming up as well, and those are? The W slash VE Islands QSO Party, August 24th, 1200 Zulu, to August 25th, 0300 Zulu. Uh, frequencies 160 to 6 meter, no work. Uh, modes SSB, CW, and Digi. Uh, and then in the notes, it says to promote the U.S., USI, and Canadian CII Islands, CIA Islands, excuse me, programs to amateur worldwide to promote verifiable amateur radio contacts with stations located on islands in the U.S. and Canada. And then the next one is the YO Romanian DXHF contest, August 24th, 1200 Zulu to August 25th, 1200 Zulu. Uh, 80 through 10 meters, no work, SSB and CW and mixed. Uh, the notes on it are having fun and improving the operating skills in a fair play competition are the main objectives. And of course, notes will be in the, or the links will be in the show notes. Excuse me. The notes will be in the show links. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> show links in the notes. Right. Something, yeah. There, there's yeah. going to be some info somewhere in right. the info. It's yeah. been a rough day in the Sham Shack. Yeah, in the Sham Shack, <laughs> exactly. That is our new name, folks. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> All right. So, coming up in Amateur Radio, we also have some special event stations. Oh, oh. oh my God. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> that was me. You think? <laughs> yeah, just maybe. <laughs> Shim shot. I wanted to hear Roboto, and then I screwed up. <laughs> yeah, you seem to be fine right now. You did break up a little bit on the last one, but not, not enough okay. to worry about. So, we'll so far, go. we're good. All right. So, for special events, I found a couple of interesting ones we can talk about. The first one is the Burt Coast Lighthouse, and this has to do with the International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend. Coming up, there's going to be a bazillion lighthouses, well, 400 and something, uh, lighthouses lit up this weekend. So you'll definitely want to check out some of those. Some of them have special event stations uh, associated with them. The Burnt Coat Lighthouse uh, will be Whiskey 2 Delta Alpha Romeo from August 17th at 01 Zulu to August 18th at 2359 Zulu. Oh, my God, it's early. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Um, the frequencies will be on or about 7.24, and this is commemorating the Burnt Coast Harbor Lighthouse during International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend from Swans Island, Maine. So check that one out if you would like to, among the other lighthouses. 
Uh, we also have a commemoration of the 150th anniversary of the first continent continental railroad you know that whole golden spike and promontory summit in utah that thing happened 150 years ago there's a special event station k7r commemorating that august 17th 1900 zulu to 2359 zulu on or about 7268-14075 and 14250 and information on that will be available in the show notes we also have a special event commemorating philo farnsworth farnsworth father of modern television from August 17th, 1400 Zulu to 2200 Zulu, call sign Whiskey 9 Foxtrot, on or about 7.24 and 14.24, commemorating Philo T. Varnsworth. Sounds like a made-up name to me. The father of electronic <laughs> television worked in Fort Wayne, Indiana from 1951 to 1967 for ITT, currently L3 Harris Technologies Corp. Current and former L3 Harris employees will operate a special event station to commemorate Farnsworth's birthday, August the 19th, 1906 and his many achievements. And finally, I had to throw this in. There will be a station operating from Burning Man. Burning Man. On and off throughout the entire event from August 24th through September 2nd, on or about 14.2, the lid channel on 20 meters. And (laughs) (laughs) in between trips. (laughs) In between trips. And the QSL manager is George Badger. So, <laughs> badger, 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 badger. <laughs> we definitely had to mention that. So, see if you can get a call to W7. Bravo. CQ Badger. CQ <laughs> Badger. Yep. All right. That's all we have in the way of that. So, we'll move on to announcements. So, I'm going to announce that I have a project, a sort of a long standing project. It's been sitting here in my shack for a long time. And I think I have finally assembled all the pieces to put the thing together. Uh, there's one of our listeners, uh, Victor Echo 5 Echo Victor. Can't remember what his name is off the top of my head. Is that Jim? Jim, yes, that's right. Photo, Photo Jim, Jim right? yep. V-E-5-E-V. Yeah. Um, he keeps bringing up the fact that he is a participant in or a net control operator for at least one IRLP net. And uh, back, I don't know, probably a year ago now, um one of our listeners, Don, KC9ZMY, gave me the kit that goes with a Raspberry Pi to make a Pi RLP node. And I took that and kind of ran with it, and I wanted to build a self-contained Pi RLP portable node that you can put into a box, kind of like some of the pod mesh units and stuff, so that it would basically be just like connect an antenna, you know, plug in 12 volts, and you'd have a Pi RLP node. And you could take it where the, you know with you wherever you went. Secure so, the repeater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> secure, secure the repeater, secure the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I, I think I have assembled all the parts I need. The last thing I needed was uh, some uh, six, uh, some number six screws to attach <laughs> all of the uh, pass-throughs to the box. Um, and so I think I've got all that done, and I'm going to try and put all of this build onto YouTube on the Linux in the Hamshack channel. Uh, so you can see everything from the component parts to a hopefully fully working portable IRLP node. So I guess we'll see what happens. Awesome. Uh, and then I spent some time today futzing around with Discord. So if you're not a Discord user, I would encourage you to at least give it a try. Discord is far more entertaining than I ever thought it could be. <laughs> um, we've we've had some bots in the discord in our discord server 
but they haven't been particularly useful. I've added a couple extra ones, a couple that are ham radio related. Uh, the first one being Ham the Man, which is written by um, this guy is totally Ben, and he's actually like got a little green dot in the Discord and listening to us. Right, I don't know if he's listening to us right now, but he's in the Discord right now. <laughs> so, so the a, author, a dude named Ben, yeah. a dude named Ben. So, That's dude named Ben is. Uh, in our chat, and he wrote the Hand the Man bot, and it has things like uh, propagation conditions, QRZ lookup, stuff like that. That's one of the bots. And then there's another bot called QRM bot, which does more amateur radio stuff, including call sign lookups, solar activity, um, and other interesting things, gray lines, stuff like that. So all of that functionality is available in our Discord now. You just have to go to the Botland channel. Um, information on how to access the commands for each of the bots is uh, shown there in the bot list and then we also have the groovy bot so groovy. it's a music bot uh, all you have to do is go to the groovy music voice channel you connect there and then you go to the botland channel and you can issue commands and it will play any music you want to hear and anybody who wants to listen to music uh, can go into the chat or go into the voice channel and listen to whatever music is being played. They can add stuff to the to the queue, and you can just sit there all day long and listen to cool music, your own and other people's suggestions as well. And sometimes that plays music you don't want to hear, so it's even even really good with that. And that's true, and it's, so far it has not been uh, stumped when we've looked for music. It's found it's everything. Close. Yeah, uh, it's a, you know, uh, you know, it's. It's, it can, it's found it can things that are pretty esoteric. So yeah. it apparently has access to uh, a huge uh, resource library of music. So uh, I would encourage people who are listening to this and who like music to go in there and just queue stuff up, even if no one is listening, because you can go back through the chat and see what other people have requested. Um, and it would be nice to be able to discover new music and so on and so forth. Plus, you know, just listen to stuff through the day. So uh, try that out if you want to. And if you're not a Discord user, connect to our Discord server, uh, url.bcts.info stroke Discord, and the link to that is on the website and probably in the show notes all over the place, too. All right. That's all the announcements I've got. Anybody else have any announcements? Anything you want to talk about? I think the Discord uh, link is also in our IRC channels topic, so you can uh, get it there if you're a hardcore IRC user and you know you don't want to get into the discord land it's also there right unfortunately you don't have access to these cool bots um but uh irc at least the main channel the general channel in discord is linked to the irc channel back and forth so people are using one can see information from the other but only on that one channel the discord is much more functionality is far more interesting and has a lot more resources so if you have the opportunity you should check it out it's available on like every kind of device too so all right we also have a Linux in the Hamshack ham radio challenge, and that would be spend a little time learning Morse code. Why not? <laughs> it's funny that I, I did this independently of your mention of the STEM program where you were yeah. teaching local kids uh, Morse code. Um, yeah, and the kids were more interested than you would think. It's, uh, it's quite pervasive in... Uh, hiking gear and stuff like that. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of surprising that uh, the kids are really interested in that part uh, versus the radio part. Yeah, so very cool. So if you don't know Morse code already or if you don't think you're really that proficient in it, 
you know, grab an open source tutor or just tune your radio to some CW frequency and maybe add a little bit to your ham radio skill set. All right. Anybody want to tackle the uh, distro to try so I can have a drink? <laughs> sure. Okay. So the distros to try this week, who again, we are in the this weekend in open source, is BeFree OS. BeFree MMMMMXXXXX. Oh, sorry. MMXX is a free and open source Linux distribution based on KDE Neon and Ubuntu. I'm, I'm assuming it's based on Ubuntu and happens to have KDE and Neon as the, uh, as the GUI. Uh, BeFree MMXX has the latest long-term, uh, long-term support <laughs> release, which is the same as Ubuntu 1804 LTS Bionic Beaver, uh, which is supported up, uh, to 2023 under public support and up to 2028 as a paid option. Apparently there is some social movement surrounding this operating system dealing with the promotion of human welfare in Indonesia. Attempting to make it a less a backward country, and you can definitely do that with Ubuntu. So uh, the link to that OS is in the show notes. And I was going to do a completely different one. <laughs> oh well, feel free to add one. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll wait till the next time because uh, I was uh, just looking through the through the list and I I didn't actually see this one. So uh, so I'm going to have to kind of check out Be Free OS. So check that out. All right. Very good. Cheryl, are you like able to do a couple of upcoming events? Sure. All right. Well, uh, grab the first couple of uh, open source events we got here and I'll do the last one. Okay. So the first one is the Linux Security Summit runs August 19th through the 21st in San Diego, California, USA. The Linux Security Summit, LSS, is a technical forum for collaboration between Linux developers, researchers, and end users with the primary aim of fostering community efforts and analyzing and solving Linux security challenges. Uh, the next one on the list is the Open Source Summit North America, which is August 21st through the 23rd in San Diego, California. And the notes on it is the Linux Foundation's Open Source Summit is the open source show of shows. Besides big name keynote presentations, it includes a host of other business and technology tracks. This conference has many high-level talks, panels, and bird-of-a-feather sessions, otherwise known as those famous boffs. Boff. Uh, beyond, yeah, boff. That's boff. Boff. <laughs> boff. <laughs> beyond Linux, containers, and cloud basics, the technical material covers networking, serverless, edge computing, and AI. The more focused sub-shows include training classes and hands-on workshops for such technologies as Docker and RKT containers, Kubernetes and Prometheus Container Monitoring. If it's open source, it's here. And actually, you've been to the Open Source Summit, haven't you? Nope, never been to the oh, Open I Source th- Summit. Oh, I thought you had been. So, all mm-hmm. right, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> nope. And the last one is a Guadec. I'm assuming that's correct. 2019. It's August 23rd through the 28th. And Thessaloniki, Greece. So Guadnet brings together free software enthusiasts and professionals from all over the world. Join us for six days of talks, demos, discussion, parties, games, and more. Woo! Parties! <laughs> Party! 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 <laughs> and of course, the links will be in the show notes. Yep. Very the good. Show links in the notes or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Show, show links in the notes. Yeah. Show. Yeah. 
in the ether notes. <laughs> because this is Linux and the Sham Shack. That's right. LHSShamShack.com. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be, you need to get that URL. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. What yeah. Is Linux and the Sham Shack. No, no one wants to type all that. I'll just try and find Sham Shack. Oh, yeah, right. and then we can <laughs> then we can do a rip on b52's love shack called sham shack and we'll just have to yeah. redo the uh the lyrics and stuff so. <laughs> yeah there you go sham shack it's a funky <laughs> we'll use our pleasure. karaoke skills for that uh all right so the linux in the ham shack open source challenge for this week will be well Fortnite tweaking are you tweaking Fortnite? tweaking tweaking <laughs> uh will be attempt to make contact with the youth participating in yoda or with a lighthouse during ILLW. There's lots of stuff going on in amateur radio and open source. Um, and I don't know why I put that in the open source challenge. Was the, was the, was the ham radio one? Well, see, the ham radio one could have been both. So I don't know. Screw it. Just do something. Do something. <laughs> do, do something. That's what we're asking. Just, That's right. just do something. Pull your head out of your ass and do something. <laughs> <laughs> wow bill you need to be quite that confrontational but oh sorry i mean sorry no i, I mean the gentler uh, kinder bill uh yeah just just do something productive with your hobby <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right so who's doing the uh the recipe corner are we like bill, I, because I'm it's doing bill's it. recipes. Yeah, it's bill's. All right, although it's... I, I corrected bill oh okay so it's bill's recipe corner with cheryl's addendum so yes oh okay. she she addended the well you'll yeah, we'll see the addendum when he goes in so right. i probably won't because i don't pay attention uh, it's anyway. in the description you'll see it oh by the way oh. we're switching into hedonism so screw all yeah, that yeah, yeah. Source and amateur radio stuff now we're so getting the whole into reason, yeah this yeah. is the whole reason why we even have this version of the podcast well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is to do this l- segment three so everything else is just you know whatever fluff we added to it yeah it's fluff. so so yeah, so Cheryl was busy making uh uh some some sushi, sushi, some awesome awesome sushi at sushi class, and uh, couldn't get her computer to boot to do this. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sharing my uh, my favorite summer bacon mac recipe, <laughs> and and it's not uh, you know it's not fancy. It's very simple. I get all my ingredients at Costco. You can get your ingredients at probably Walmart or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, but here, I'm going to share it with you because everybody loves this and they think I like buy this somewhere and it's really not. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it basically starts with a a pound and a half of pasta. Of course, you're going to cook all two pounds. And, uh, what I do is I reserve the last half pound for my daughter who likes plain pasta and, uh, just set that aside. Uh, Yeah. You need some bacon, lots of it. I, I get the bag of Kirkland. Uh, They actually like bacon pieces kind of like already pre-made cooked uh, like slightly cooked <laughs> it's not un- un- uncooked but it's like it's it's real bacon not fake bacon so if you can't get the kirkland you, you need to go out and buy some real bacon not not some crappy ass bacon from walmart i'm sorry don't buy that crap go somewhere that actually makes their own bacon and tastes good like that you'll actually eat because this is the kind of bacon you will actually want to have in your your mac so uh, whatever you use like i say i use the the kirkland one because it, it tastes good enough uh, butter, you're going to need a couple sticks of it, and I'll tell you why. Uh, flour, you're going to need a little bit for the roux. Uh, oh, yeah, the roux. The roux. <laughs> Rooks. There's Rooks. the addendum right Sorry. there. For those yeah, there's the addendum. I just, I just typed it in. Different kind yes. of roux. I'm a redneck, so uh, there you go. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, you need uh, about four to six cups of shredded cheese blend, uh, whatever melts really good, uh, and whatever cheeses you like. Uh, we use the little four cheese blend, cheese blend stuff, and panko breadcrumbs. You'll need a box of that and about two to three cups of half and half. So basically, you'll start, you'll make the pasta al dente. And set it aside. Al dente means it's probably a little undercooked for your normal uh, pasta needs. Uh, you're going to make a roux. So that means you're going to take uh, one and a half sticks of butter, throw it into the pot, cook it up. And it's going to get all nice and bubbly. You're going to add your uh, flour to it and get that to brown up. You want that, that flour to cook. If you've never made a roux, I suggest you watch videos on how to make a roux. So don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, your butter will taste like flour, and that's not what you want. Bill, you why did you wanna... get so hateful all of a sudden? Why? Yeah, why, sorry. Why, where's the anger? <laughs> wow, he, <laughs> sorry. It's because he's like an angry cook. Or yeah, something, I'm an, you know? I am an angry cook. So, <laughs> so once you have your roux and you made it up, it does not have to get dark. I, I I'm not a big fan of super dark roux. Some people will make dark roux. You know, I look for more like a golden color, and then that's when I know I'm going to add my cream. And that's when you're going to take about two to three cups of half and half and plop it in there, get it all mixed up and nice and happy and bubbly. And then you're going to add about four to five cups of that cheese. Uh, get that all nice and soupy and thick. It should be, you know, all, all mixed in. You should not see any solid pieces of cheese left over. This is why you use sh- shredded. You're going to add bacon, lots of it. And I mean, lots of it. <laughs> lots and lots of bacon. The bacon this is, why is you want to the counteract pre-cooked. the cheese, so you don't need to put a modium yes. in this so, recipe. So, yes. in other yes. words, if your arteries don't harden when you start adding stuff to the, yes. the recipe, you've not so done like, it right. If you, if you Google Kirkland bacon pieces or whatever, you'll see it's a big bag, uh, probably like a pound or maybe a pound and a half of bacon pieces. And I use like two to three handfuls of bacon pieces. So like that's the measuring cup, your, your big fist. So uh, use that, add the bacon, get that all uh, incorporated, add the pasta, get that all mixed in. You want the, you know, we did shells this year, so we did shells. So we want it really mixed in. You want that cheese to be all kind of mixed in with the pasta. Uh, then you want to pour it into a, a buttered glass dish. I used a glass dish. You can probably use a, you know, a steel dish, whatever you want. I don't really care. Um, use the leftover half stick of butter to go ahead and coat that on the inside to make sure you have a nice, uh, non-stick surface with extra butter really it's just the butter who gives a shit about the uh <laughs> the non-sticky <laughs> side it's all mac and cheese it's going to come out trust me um but yeah use the butter because you can never have enough butter uh once you have it all poured in there and leveled off you know kind of you know smooth it all out you're going to throw on some more bacon on the top just to kind of make it look pretty uh throw whatever leftover cheese you have and then bank uh, panko breadcrumbs uh, just kind of get that right on the top there and you're going to bake it up for about 30 to 40 minutes until melty and delicious. And you're going to serve it. And then everybody will ask you how you made it. And uh, it's going to be so simple. So, so simple. <laughs> everybody will ask, like, man, you must have bought this. It's just so good. And really, the key is it's the butter and the bacon, really. If you do the butter and the bacon right, everybody's going to think it's it's some kind of fancy dish and it really isn't and it's a ch- cheap you can bring it to a we brought it to our fourth uh, of july party that we go to every year and yeah the people just they just wait for it they're like you are bringing the b- the bacon mac and cheese aren't you 
so uh, yeah yeah it's it's a winner it's very simple it requires little to no effort and uh yeah it's so so easy and it's delicious it's a, a five billion calories per serving so don't even look at the uh <laughs> don't even look at it for uh health conscious stuff because you know you're putting two sticks of butter in it and you know two to three cups of half and half so it is not healthy for you it is not good for you um, but it will definitely be a crowd pleaser. I, I promise that. Um, and that, that's my, uh, my summer bacon Mac. All right. Excellent. So we'll probably make that, uh, cause we were actually talking about making Mac and cheese here in the next few days. So mm-hmm. we'll probably wind up making this one instead of the other one. Yeah. So. so if we, if, if it doesn't come out right, it's Bill's fault. Well, of course, because it's Bill's <laughs> recipe. I, well, I don't yeah. really measure anything, but, uh, well, you know, yeah, if, I, I don't measure, measure anything anyway. Yeah, people yeah. are like, so how did you make that? I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain that I did not add any ingredients that aren't in the list. So it's this simple. It's like okay. most people can do this, you know, with very simple ingredients. <laughs> and uh, it does come out very nice. And really the key is making that roux. And then adding the, the half and half. I mean, I think that that's really what makes it happen. Right. Usually the subtle things that really transform a dish from, from good to great. So Yeah. And taste it. Taste it before you add the pasta. If it doesn't taste cheesy enough, add more cheese. It should taste like cheese. <laughs> yeah. And you should look in the Discord no, I saw right now. Darren says, <laughs> for the vegan version, get a bowl, add air, stir, heat for two to three minutes. Yeah. First, too. <laughs> For the vegan version, just go somewhere else. Yeah, right. no. <laughs> you could probably add fake bacon, but I wouldn't recommend it. You know, yeah. it's, it's just so delicious. Um, <laughs> and the better the bacon you get, the better it is. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, right. All right, very good. So I'm going to hit my drink corner real quick. Uh, we've got this time around. We got Henry McKenna's 10 year old single barrel bourbon. The reason I'm talking about this is because apparently this is getting harder and harder to find. And if you're going to try and partake of this particular bourbon, you need to go get it now um, because it's getting very rare. A typical cost in this is about 28 to $30 per bottle, but it's upwards of 100 and more on the secondary market now. Um, so I would, if, if, you, if this sounds like something you want to try, go get it before it's essentially unobtainium. Uh, the description on it is uh, Henry McKenna came to America in 1837 from Ireland and settled in Kentucky to make bourbon using his family recipe now made by heaven Hill distillery. The Henry McKenna, the Henry McKenna bottling is a Kentucky straight bourbon aged for 10 whole years, uh, which is more than enough to satisfy the bottled and bond requirements of four years. Uh, it's a single barrel release, so every bottle indicates the barrel that it came from and the bottling date. Uh, other bottled and bond criteria that it meets are the fact that it comes from a single distillation season from one distiller at a single distillery, and it's aged in a federally bonded warehouse at exactly 100 proof. So those are the requirements of something being bottled and bond, which Henry McKenna, 10-year-old, is. The mass bill on this particular whiskey is 75% corn, 13% rye, and 12% malted barley. It's a pretty typical distillation from the Heaven Hill Distillery. As previously noted, it's 100 proof, 50% alcohol, comes from Kentucky. Uh, The color on it is medium to dark amber, and that can vary depending on which bottle the alcohol came from. I have the bottle here in front of me, and mine is from bottle, I think that says 5591. 5591 is the one I'm reviewing here. 
So there's that. Uh, the nose on it is a uh, slightly astringent alcohol. It does come through a little bit on the nose. It's kind of unavoidable. It is a hundred proof. So it's a little on the high side, but it's certainly not as high as some of the things I've talked about in the show. Uh, it does have classic bourbon notes, uh, including caramel, vanilla, and spiced oak. Uh, the nose is pretty straightforward and definitely reminiscent of a classic bourbon. The taste on it is uh, actually really pleasing, even if it's not terribly complex. You get classic bourbon notes again, vanilla, seasoned oak, rye spice, slightly overcooked brown sugar, maybe indicating that there's a little bit of bitterness mixed in with the sweetness. Uh, one note that I didn't see in other people's review of this that I definitely got was peanut. Um, that does come through in some whiskeys, and I definitely get it in this one. And there's also caramel. The finish on it is not super long. It's what I would call a medium. Uh, it has hints of vanilla and caramel. You get the oak, the the spice, the barrel spice, some tannin-y notes, a little bit of the alcohol, and then it fades into maybe a subtle vanilla caramel leather combination. Uh, it's actually pretty pleasing for a $28 bourbon. If you can find it, it's getting ridiculous on the secondary market. So if you know anybody who can get stuff, get this. Um, it's highly prized, highly sought after. Uh, but again, it's not one of those high-priced ones if you can find it in the retail space. Runs about $30 a bottle, maybe 35 in some markets. You, I would say it's good up to about 50 Don't pay more than that. And uh, if you can find it at retail, um, I would give it a solid 90 I mean, it's it's a good, straight, classic bourbon whiskey. Uh, and well worth the 28 bucks if you can find it for that. So uh, that's Henry McKenna's 10-year single barrel bottled in bond bourbon. Ta-da! Woot, woot. All right, and Bill's going to talk about some alcohol, too. Now that he's talked about food, he's got to get to yeah. drinking. I'm, like, so thirsty now that I've had my <laughs> bacon mac and cheese. Uh, yeah, so uh, I liked last week where we tried to guess what I'm drinking, so um, we're going to do that again. <laughs> I'll give you the details. And uh, I will say that I've been drinking IPAs all day, so my taste buds are gone. Um, so, yeah, this is a ABV of 47% as 94 proof. It's from Kentucky. Its uh, color is burnished copper, which may give you a clue of uh, which brand it is. Uh, the nose is def- delightfully complex with notes of vanilla bean, sweet fruit, and fresh mint. Although... I don't smell any mint. I don't know where that comes from. So uh, maybe maybe it's my nose is gone. Uh, the taste is smooth and warm, pleasantly woody with accents of spice, smoke, uh, smoke and nutmeg. Yeah, I don't get the nutmeg either, but that's just me. Uh, the finish is long, sweet, and slightly toasty. It is uh, slightly delicious. Uh, no problem with air. And the price is about $35 for a 750 mil bottle. Any ideas of what I'm drinking? Uh, let's see. 94 proof Kentucky British copper. Um, it's only $35, so it's not an expensive one. Okay, and it is a bourbon or a whiskey? It's a bourbon. It is a bourbon. Okay. It's not another well, one reserve, I'm assuming. So It's called the Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Okay. Yeah, well, there's there's quite a few of those. <laughs> uh, let's see. 94 proofs. Yes, it could be almost anything. Um, yeah. It's not like Buffalo Trace or... Nope. It's good, though. Oh, that's, not, that's not Buffalo Trace, though. Okay. What is it? <laughs> it's an Elijah Craig, Craig small yeah. batch. Oh, it's yeah. a small batch Elijah yeah. Craig. Okay. Yep. Craig, which is a, it's really good. I, I'm uh, I'm not a, not a hater 
on it. Uh, so I'll put that in there. Elijah Craig small batch. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, I was, I was looking at the counter because I was, uh, busy buying other alcohols. <laughs> cause I realized I, I have none in the house and I needed some. And I had already picked up a bottle of rum and a bottle of, uh, tequila. So I was like, oh, I need a bottle of, uh, I need a bottle of bourbon for the house. And, uh, yeah, it's not bad. I, I threw it on some ice here a few minutes ago just to cool it down, give it a nice, uh, nice, uh, cool flavor. And I have to say, it's nice. It's not bad. It's not as good as the the last one I did. But yeah, the Woodford's or Double Oak. Yeah, yeah, the Double Oak is way better. But like this, this is not bad. I mean, that's still straight drinkable, um, even without your fancy palate. <laughs> <laughs> I um, probably I don't know if you've done this one before. No, but, see, I uh, have um I haven't done that one because I don't particularly like that one very much, but they have what's called the Elijah Craig barrel proof, which yeah. comes in exactly the same bottle. It's just bottled at 120 something proof instead of 94. Uh, yeah, that's probably too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Maybe the water that fine. stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've had Elijah Craig I guess regular before, and uh, I've liked it. So I was like, oh, I saw this, and it was uh, you know in my price range to keep my entire liquor bill under a hundred bucks. So uh, it was the winner for uh, the uh, liquor store lottery. <laughs> no, Elijah Craig Small Batch is not a bad um, you know ninety four proof bourbon. It really isn't. So. Oh no, it's tasty. I I rate it as a slightly yummy. It's not as good as the last one I had, but right. it's uh it's pretty good. And um yeah, yeah, I I'd probably get this again, of course. I mean, I I I like the regular one as well, so I'm kind of a cheap bourbon drinker, so. <laughs> All right, very good. So, uh I will do a review of the the barrel proof version of that at some point because I haven't done it yet. Uh so, very good. But that um the barrel proof is one of those allocated bourbons that are really hard to get. So, uh, the, the small batch is available like literally everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I'm sure it's probably not truly small batch. <laughs> well, small batch doesn't have an official designation. So anybody yeah, can call anything small, small batch. batch. It's a marketing thing. So, right. uh, but anyway, it's still, it's still pretty good. So you, you, I don't think you can go too wrong with it. No. You can't, especially for the price. I mean, it's really inexpensive. So, yeah. yeah and Cheryl drank uh, 360 vanilla vodka tonight. Yay. <laughs> I do have to say, I tried the um, uh, the uh, Captain Morgan Spiced Rum 100. Oh, I love that love stuff. It, yeah, oh, I yeah that stuff. it was pretty good. I was kind of like, I'm a big 151 fan, and I know a lot of people don't like the 151. <laughs> right. But like I, I really like the 151. I like the taste of it. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll try this 100 spiced rum just to see what it's like. And I have to say that that's pretty good too. I, yep. I'm not. Uh, I, I, I would get that over the regular spiced rum for sure. And the pricing is not much different. Not so. Different, right? No, yeah, it's hard. So. It with ginger ale. I, I love it with almost anything, even straight. It's hard. Not a lot of stores here carry the hundred. Um, yeah, I just have it with Diet Coke myself, but that's just yep, me. that works too. Yeah, yep. but you prefer yeah. it with ginger. Ale. I prefer it as a beverage. Yeah, the Malibu. If you like coconut rum, the Malibu 100 is pretty good. It's, it's not, not 100. Malibu it's Malibu Black. Oh, I don't know the yeah. Malibu 100. No. Yeah, it's not, it's not 100. It's called Malibu Black. It's, it's actually 70, uh, 70 proof. Yeah, because the normal stuff is like 40. 
or 28 or something. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So it's like double. But black is 70 proof uh, coconut rum. It's actually quite tasty. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't had that. I'll have to try that. All right, so moving on from normally, well, we haven't moved on from drinks in a long time, but we're going to today. I found some music to play. So we're going to play some music. Uh, I'm actually going to play two songs. I'm going to play this song in the show, and then I'm going to attach a song that I actually like slightly more after the outro. So if you are getting this feed with the music, uh, some people actually pay to be subscribers to not get the music because uh, they prefer just to hear the content. So they won't be getting this, but of course, uh, links will be in the show notes. But I'm going to play this song uh, by Axel Antunes courtesy of Jimendo. This is called On the Run to Fly Away. The album is n- just called Number One. And then I'm going to play another song by Axel Antunes after the outro. So if you want to stick around for that, I just want to let people know that it's going to be there. Uh, so anybody who wants to just like check out now can stop now. So before I play the music, let's hit the chat room. We had Ted, W-A-0-E-I-R, Darren, V-K-6-E-K, Don, K-C-9-Z-M-Y, and Dan, K-F-5-T-Q-N, listening to us tonight. So thanks, everybody, who uh, showed up for the show tonight. Uh, we're going to play a song. We're going to, you know, say sayonara, do the outro, and then there will be another song after that. So, again, On the Run to Fly Away by Axel Antunes. This lasts about a little over three and a half minutes. He's from Brazil. This came out in May of 2017. We'll go ahead and give this one a listen. On the run to fly away Bring my love back Search myself, mirrors of my life. Down around the road to anywhere. Standing in front of you, things I left behind. Someday this broken heart will heal. You help me through the night. There's nothing. Reflections in my mind There's a road 
Bill apparently does not approve. <laughs> <laughs> I call <it> bullshit. <laughs> Fine, you call whatever you want. That was, was Axel, that? that was Axel. That was Axel. I could have done that. <gasps> I should have done that from here. Uh, that's not much effort there. Uh, I like the other song a little bit better, but I, yeah, I, like I would. Have, I hope it's actually a song. Holy cow! That was uh, <laughs> whatever. That was Cut. bad. We're, we're gonna get rid of Angry Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wasn't hearing it. Was it just all breathing? No. Did oh. you miss the whole song? Yeah, no, I didn't you, hear can't, it you can't hear it. You just have to listen. Oh, you you were hearing Russ's you were hearing breathing. Me. I yeah. was hearing Russ's breathing. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! <laughs> I wasn't even near the microphone. I don't think that was me, dude. It was like it was. I'll send you the recording. It was bad. <laughs> I, I don't think that was me. But I really thought it was something. I was like, ah, what the hell is that? <laughs> Okay, well, maybe you'll have to go back and actually listen to the episode so you can hear the song. <laughs> I, I need to, obviously. Uh, you were you were definitely uh, doing the uh, heavy uh, CPAP needing breathing there. That was really bad. <laughs> well, I'm curious now because, like I said, I wasn't anywhere near the microphone. So, Well, somebody was. I'll look at you breathing the whole time. <laughs> it was like... <gasps> That was funny. <laughs> and I was thinking, I, I really thought it was a song. It was, was like, like a joke song sh-? or something. It's like, <laughs> no, yeah, I was, I was thinking, it's like, holy cow, really? That is a song? Uh, yeah, so that, that's uh, what all I heard the whole time. That that's, was, uh, that's freaking hilarious. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's too much. <laughs> All right, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah, as I was trying to say, Axel Hentunes from back in May of 2017 on the run to fly away. And after the outro, there will be another song by him as well. So Yay. stay tuned for that. And, and it's a real song, not just a bunch of heavy breathing. <laughs> and uh, I, I just want to say, I listen to all the podcasts in their full recording, so I will definitely enjoy the song the second time. <laughs> well, actually, for you the first time, but yes. Or the first time, yeah. It'll be the first time for me, yeah. All right, so thanks, everybody, who listened to the episode and those people who tuned in live and uh, interacted with us during the chat. It was a lot of fun, and we hope to do the Weekender again in a couple of weeks. And, of course, our next regular episode will come out next Monday. So take care, everyone. And with that, we'll wrap up episode number 297 of Linux in the Ham Shack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. 
Our IRC channel is hash NHF podcast on the Freeload Network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1909-NHS-SHOW. That's 1909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Oh,
pictures crawl like a 